0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the gospel of the lord praise Praise you lord Christ. christ in the name of god father son and holy spirit amen Please be seated. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. Well, at least we're going to put ashes on our forehead after 7 p.m. So a lot of people aren't going to see that. So we're kind of following that commandment. But a lot of the preaching blogs, and as long as I've been doing what I do, there's always been that snark about, we read about not doing religious acts so that others will recognize them, and then we go ahead and smear ashes on ourselves and parade proudly in front of TV cameras or our friends or co-workers, oh, you've been to church, or oh, there's something on your forehead. it's probably hypocritical to read this gospel and then to do basically the opposite. And so, of course, there are all these attempts to explain it away. So the Jesuitical attempt to kind of rationalize that would say, well, your intention is not to be seen by others, but as an act of worship, you're putting ashes on your face as a repentance And it's only a secondary effect that people would see your ashes and so forth. I'm not a Jesuit. (laughs) (laughs) But frankly, if it is kind of hypocritical, isn't it kind of okay? I mean, put a different way, if we're really kind of honest with ourselves. Maybe Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew might have been about 1,600 years ahead of Shakespeare, who kind of said all the world's a stage and the men and women merely players. They have their entrances and their exits. Or Irving Goffman, who talked about the the management of the self in everyday life. He talked about how every time that we are encountering somebody else. It's as though we are on stage and we are projecting a certain persona. We are acting. And it's almost like a game between the people that we're talking to and ourselves to avoid shaming ourselves or embarrassing ourselves and maintaining that particular persona, that particular act, so, that frankly, it's only when we get away from people we can just relax and be ourselves. But you know, I remember growing up and getting the advice be yourself and not really knowing what that means. Frankly, when someone says be yourself, it kind of gives you carte blanche to be obnoxious, right? I mean, to be a jerk, you know? And I don't think that's what Jesus is probably getting at here. Instead, it might actually be the truth that if we are play-acting so much in our affairs with others, if we're always putting on masks and always maintaining some persona, the scary thing is we can lose who we are in that act. Now, some of us might smirk at the reference, but Leonard Nimoy wrote a book. His biography, autobiography was called, I Am Not Spock, because he played such a compelling character that no matter what he did, he couldn't escape being identified with this fiction, this character, Spock. And eventually, he just gave in. And the second volume of his autobiography was called, I Am Spock. We can lose ourselves. In this play acting and that's the danger and I don't think that's what we are called to be one of the best descriptions of who we are called to be comes from the first principle and foundation in the spiritual exercises God who loves us creates us and wants to share life with us forever. Our love response takes shape in our praise and honor and the service of God of our life. All the things of this world are also created because of God's love and they make a context of gifts presented to us so that we can know God more easily and make a return of love more readily. And as a result, we show reverence for all the gifts of creation and collaborate with God in using them so that being good stewards, we develop as loving persons in our care for God's world and its development. But if we abuse any of these gifts of creation or on the contrary, take them as the center of our lives, we break our relationship with God and hinder our growth as loving persons. Attachment to that persona, attachment to someone else, a relationship, attachment to a dream, or attachment to anything can get in the way of who we are called to be. Put a different way is sin. Now, as I get older, I'm kind of seeing that sin is something much more different than what I always used to think. You know, we're so used to seeing sin as doing something wrong. We see sin as actions. In fact, often I've heard a priest describe, I think sin is when you hurt somebody. You shouldn't hurt people. You shouldn't do bad things. But I think sin goes deeper. Like the first principle and foundation says, When we make something else the center of our lives, when we become attached to those things which ought to lead us to God, we break our relationship with God and hinder our spiritual growth. Sin is when we refuse the offer of God to spend God's life in and with us. Or put a different way, sin is when we realize we would have been in that crowd on Passion Sunday when we all as a congregation will shout, crucify him. The problem is, it's often Difficult or even impossible for us to know how each of us personally, individually, existentially rejects that offer of God. We, you know, it's sort of like the fish swimming around trying to find the ocean. If you ask somebody in the throes of addiction, is the object of your addiction a problem for you? She or he will say, no, it's a problem for everybody else. We tend not to be able to recognize our own sin. Or put a different way, perhaps we recognize our sin only in the process of letting go of it and moving beyond it. Maybe that's why we put ashes on our heads at Ash Wednesday. Because Job, the one who was the basic plaything, the pawn of God and Satan, whom Satan took away his family, his belongings, his wife, his children destroyed everything he had, and he sat on the ashes, covered with the ashes of all that he had possessed and perhaps had been attached to, and cried to God, what was my sin? And it was only from that ash heap that the Lord spoke to Job and revealed himself to Job. Now, asking God to reveal our sin is a tough thing to ask. It reminds me of the little kid who walks up to the pregnant woman. Gee, you're really fat. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Instead, God invites us into relationship. God will not blow us out of the water by revealing our sin immediately to us, but rather, as Ignatius said, God, like a school teacher, will slowly teach us and guide us until our relationship with the divine is right, where out of love we are able to shed that old skin of ours, which prevents us from embracing him and others more authentically. I think that may be our agenda for Lent. We don't need to focus so much on reveal my sin for me, but could we cultivate the time, the dialogue, The intimacy with the divine, that relationship where we can get closer and comfortable enough with God who wishes to reveal himself to us in a way that the light will shine, we will see our darkness and we will see our shadow, but the light will drive that darkness away. Enter into Lent, not so much trying to shrive yourself of sin. I mean, don't do bad things. But enter into Lent with the goal of trying to approach and be approached by the divine so that you may deepen that relationship, so that you will be led into growth. Perhaps this is all summed up in a prayer by Stanley Hauerwas, Lord of all life, we come before you not knowing who we are. We strut our stuff trying to impress others with our self-confidence. In the process, we hope to be what we pretend. Save us from such pretense that we might learn who we are through trust in you and make us more than we can imagine. Help us, Augustine like to reread our lives as confessions of sin made possible by your love. Bind up our wounds and our joys so that our lives finally make sense only as a prayer to you.